0: fuck why is it why is it hosting burning, ah there we go they were hosting burning bob, is that a is that a, a gamer of some sort someone who engages in the deadly mental onanism of gaming, not approved by me, no thank you although I shouldn't be one to talk uh, I am essentially a gamer. I mean, fundamentally, I am a gamer. Uh, like, if you if you if you like trace my you know uh, career trajectory, it is essentially that I gamed so hard that I became a professional gamer, and the game, of course, being posting because that's a game. It's got a score. It's got a. It's got an object. Uh, it's got players. It's got ranks. It has uh, emotional stakes, but no real material stakes. That's gaming. It is a sink for one's uh, pent-up and unused energies. So I guess this is my admission that I am, in fact, not only a gamer, I am an an Ur-gamer. So, the election's still going on. It's actually the exact nightmare scenario that people were worried about, right? This was the liberal and left-wing, for many cases, worry about this election. Because of the nature of the ballot collection process, you've got these states where Trump is up on election night. <gasps> but Coates going to take a long time. <gasps> he's going to declare victory. and He's going to call on his supporters to go out and... and and, commit a, uh, a, and carry out a coup on his behalf and stop voting then his judicial goons will back him up and what is actually happening Trump is doing everything that everyone said he would do he's not taking the high road he is he is saying the stuff that before the election people said was going to cause a civil war I want people to go back and... Rum- and maybe I even said this because, like I said, I didn't realize until I realized, you know? And I hope I didn't. I always... I think back... i thinking back to this stupid issue. I feel like I was pretty consistent that I thought this was all fucking horseshit. But maybe I, like, was... I, even I feel like at this point, if I gave it any credit, I feel like I oversold the case. But honestly, I felt like I had to give some credit or people just wouldn't listen to you. They were like, well, this is so absurdly ridiculous to think this isn't a real threat that we don't live in this country with the fascist police state and, and, the, and the Proud Boys and the Nazis in the street. You can't tell me that there isn't a real threat. And so I felt like I had to fucking, like, extend just a a, a a bone to even, like, be able to get a conversation going or get people to, like, listen. But now it's like, okay, the barn door is closed because this is the scenario. Think of someone before an election night who said, what if this happens? They would say he will do a coup. That's what they would mean. Or, or there'd be some sort of fighting in the streets, and blood in the streets would be the number one thing they would say. They would say violence. How it would come out, they might not say, but they would say violence. What have we actually seen? Where are the proud boys that were told to stand back and stand by? Where are the militias, the three percenters and the oath keepers and the promise keepers and the the patriot prayer boys? Where are they with their guns? The biggest crowds I've seen are a bunch of fucking chuckle-headed uh, parrot-fuck- Jimmy Buffett concert going, motherfuckers doing the fucking YMCA in a parking lot. Some guys in fucking uh, Pennsylvania just, they went there to protest and they broke out a fucking karaoke machine. And what does this lay on to? It lays on to a situation where all these issues that we've wrapped so much importance around, like this is titanic, titanic battles about the future of the, of, the, of the race, are identified as sports fandoms. These people get together, they basically have a tailgate party. And you see videos of some dorks chanting and they're like, "This is voter suppression." This and it's like, "Yeah, sure, the intention is bad. These are people who don't respect you and don't think that you deserve rights and yeah, all that stuff is true. But what is their power to enact their world? What is their power to enact that world? Their power to enact that world is 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 their vote. And then what else, though? What else? What else, really? Besides posting, maybe, if they go on Facebook, besides amplifying things and getting other people to vote, maybe, what are they doing? Being obnoxious to people in viral videos? Are they actually applying any power, beside their consumer consumer uh, interactions in society, to, to make the world more racist? I mean, some of them are doing like hate crimes, and some of them are doing shootings, and once again... That's terrible and awful, but you have to fucking put those things in perspective, or else why aren't you a psychotically typhoon crime conservative? Because if, like, one life lost to violence is, like, evidence we have to drop everything, then you're Dick Cheney. Things have to be put in perspective. That was how terrorism worked. People in the fucking Bush years were saying, my God, terrorism, what's the, at the end of the day, what's the big deal? People would say... You're saying you would allow a terrorist attack in America's so American It's like, well, it wouldn't be ideal, but like, if the cost of not having that is this awful fucking war, like, I'm sorry, maybe we take some. They would say N- you would—that makes sense. But in this case, in this specific instance, no. Any violence carried out in the name of politics, we have to orient our entire politics around stopping. And I'm saying that was a big part of whatever the fuck kind of campaign we just saw in the last four years. And what did it accomplish? And what was the real enemy? Because the moment is this. Nobody fucking tell me. Oh yeah, well you know uh, they, they they're waiting for their moment. This is the moment. This is literally the scenario that everyone was talking about. This is dit to the T. Everything has gone as they have said. And what has happened? Uh, guys like Rupert Murdoch said, "Oh yeah, Arizona's uh, for Biden." And fuck you, we're not going to reverse the call. What did uh, M- Mitch McConnell say? He said, "You know, there is actually a difference between uh, uh, you know counting votes after a vote and and uh, recounting and getting new votes." I was Like it's just keep counting them. They're, they're all regular votes. What about the fucking federal judiciary that he stacked with his fucking loyalists? One after another, these judges are saying this is a fucking bullshit case. And the cases don't even have, like, a beer. They're too incompetently put together. Jared Kushner literally was, like, Googling how to uh, steal election on election night. That's how much planning had gone into this, fucking trying to see, hey, is there a guy like James Baker... Can we find, like, a, a incredibly uh, powerful and influential political fixer who's been, uh, you know, right in the top levels of American politics for 30 fucking years? Oh, shit, no, all those guys are tired and their dipshit kids are running everything now. Oh, fuck. Because, yes, there are millions of crazy Trump supporters, but their craziness is the way that they're crazy about being a fucking football fan. They'll certainly go out and do things in public to fucking register that fucking uh, the belief because that's how you reinforce the emotional connection you have to the idea of yourself as a fan of something. But are you going to risk your fucking life at the end of the day? Because how many? I mean, in Europe, it's one thing with the soccer, where it's actually very political. Like you know, in in cultures where political life actually had some like teeth to it, as recently as World War II and afterwards, Um, even if it's dissolving now there as well as it is here. But what like We have riots sometimes when a team wins, but some guys turn over a car, that's it. There's no huge apocalyptic confrontation with the cops, there aren't fucking deaths. There isn't any real confrontation with the state, there isn't any kind of ethnic pogrom. It's just a, a spontaneous expression of people's overpent emotional connection to a pseudo-event that they are participating in virtually, and that's what they are doing. They're doing what you would do if your team won or lost or, I guess, waited for a really, really long instant replay call and you, you really cared. That's what we're dealing with. And what that means, the good news, people said I was really Blackpill yesterday. I don't think that's the case. I think black pill is some fucking online Cope shit like everything else. It's part of the culture of like having an identity and a take that like takes the place of asking yourself what you're going to do about politics. Because like I have said... You have to make politics part of your life as a citizen and as a family member and as a friend and as somebody who lives in a fucking community and in a country because you are a human being. But the, with the, but, the, but the actual content of that is determined by your experiences, not a black pill. Oh, I took the black pill. Now I get to game all day. If you're gaming all day, you're deadening the thing in your in your soul that says you should try to make things better. Black pill is a... It's a pill. It's a fucking... It's a Zoloft. You're going to have to answer those questions. People say it's black pill because it tells them you can't find it here. And that is a black pill. That's the truest black pill. Because you're saying this thing that I have pseudo... That I have identified with as like a zone of of, uh, of political participation and engagement and like building my character and ethic as a human being and building real, real uh, like actions around my reputed mental values that I hold, the things that give them texture and reality... Uh, that cannot provide me with a political meaning, well then political meaning doesn't exist by definition because that's the only place you can get it. And that's one of the reasons we're in this mess is because people feel that in their guts. But it's not fucking true because even if it's not electoral and it might be, there will still be something you can do that can turns into politics if enough people do it. And I know that that's not great. I know that that's, sounds like maybe some anarchist bullshit. It really isn't. It's just an acknowledgement that This thing is not the society. I mean, I know that's cliche, it's literally the Matrix, but it is. It's like, it is the Matrix. There's a reason that people love talking about the Matrix, because it is just a perfect fucking metaphor for the experience of this, and yet we have all accepted, and something like, yeah, I know it's the Matrix, but... I know it's the Matrix, but... And I would say that for the last four years, I don't blame anyone for thinking, I know, but that's a matrix. But because we didn't know what was working, we didn't know what was happening, we only knew that everything was up in the air. We were trying to figure it out. The only way we knew how, which was to consult the only forum, the only public engagement that most of us have, which is the online space. And we went looking for answers. And that was the only place we were even, we were only going to be able to find them there. So it was totally made sense to do it. And I think things were learned by doing that. Things were built that had material consequences. But now is the time to recognize what's going on. Okay, there is no but. The good news, though, is that there is another place that you can try to build Zion. Zion. And that means you have to build institutions and you have to find institutions that connect to the people you know and who you have trust with and who you could build outward with, like, say, labor unions and things like that. Not spontaneous de- street demonstrations. That's what they're doing right now. That's what everything has been for the past four years. Spontaneous personal expressions of an overflowing sense of political, a need to politically define oneself. Driven by the trauma and horror of the living in the moment and feeling like you're a political subject. Our conception of ourselves as political subjects is illusory. And so when we go out and we perform political uh, 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 identity through demonstrations, riots, uh, karaoke protests, it is inherently limited by our uh, limited ability to recognize, um, to coordinate action. Because without coordination, the action does not reverberate up uh, upward and, and, and reinforce. It, like anything driven kinetically, will re- hit friction and momentum will be slowed. And eventually the fucking, the water pours out of the cup and it just drizzles away into the fucking uh, drain. And that's like, and, and those particip- eruptions can be very powerful and have short term be belay- like, Traumatic and involve death and violence and these horrible narratives and real trauma and horror. But they will not, they are not the building blocks that people think they are. They are not the steps in an ascension that people think they are. They are random, they explode, the ripples go out, and then the fucking waters still until another eruption comes out. Because none of these are building anything beyond the sedimentary layer that over time might reach a tipping point, but I think definitively, I'm sorry, has not been reached yet. And I think this, uh, I think the way this is going, the way this recount is, or whatever the hell, count is going, the way that there's just none of the stuff anyone was worried about has come to pass and the way that we are just sort of suspended in like an eternal uh, uh, election night I think that we are in for like a weird it's weird, I don't know how to put it like we're not going to get an exhalation we're not going to get an exhalation but we're not going to get a, a, any catharsis it's going to be a ruined orgasm just an eternal edging like a, 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 a election day that never ends but I think because that level of tension can't be sustained, I think the tension will turn into something else. Like the emotion can't go away, but it will, it will uh, mutate. And I think, like all that, the 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 anxiety is turning into something else. Because I don't know how the hell we see this totally muted response, this non-apocalypse carry come out and ha- uh, uh, happen in front of us, and not respond by lightening up somehow. Which is, I think, why Biden won, honestly. Permanent election day, baby. Just suspended because, like, this was supposed to be the apocalyptic confrontation. We were going to banish evil or evil was going to roar its head at us. One way or the other. Like, if you're a conservative or or a liberal, that's what you thought. BLM, uh, uh, Antifa will be at your uh, preschool uh, feeding your child. He'll all meet. Or, uh, you know, the Proud Boys will be, uh, bursting into your, uh, your local health food store and making and calling everyone soy based. You'll be able to do nothing about it. Uh, but that's not going to happen. And there's not going to be a, uh, you know, you're not going to get your chance. Because like I said, both both urges are inherently sadistic. It's like, yes, you're scared of being punished, but you're also excited about inflicting punishment. So that's that's the, 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 the lure of it. That's like the emotional edge of it that makes it enjoyable. The reason people do it, because obviously you don't have to. And... We're going to have to find a new sort of... I guess we're going to have to change the channel and switch genres. You know, Election Day is going to go on. And now it's no longer the uh, like the big budget um, apocalypse movie. It's no longer the Roland Emmerich end of the world movie. That we were all in until Election Night. It's like... Uh, I don't know. Some sort of uh, comedy type situation. <sighs> I don't know we'll find out it'll be funny though it's just going to be this thing the thing I'm looking forward to is just is hopefully the 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 need to like assert culture I hope that goes away but honestly I'm a little worried that because that a lot of people are going to take the election I mean wow there's more racists out there than we think and so many more minority racists than I thought existed especially since I didn't think minorities could be racist oh boy I might have to go. You know what we need to do? We need to get rid of all this uh, anti-white or anti-minority sentiment, all this uh, racism. We need more strident cultural uh, hectoring for people to not be racist. We're going to have to hit the hit the accelerator. But honestly, I feel like without Trump to goose people towards that, like as you know, a market incentive, it's going to wane, and we're going to see. some more fun programming, as we said. I said we. Uh, Will said on the show we just recorded, they're bringing back Entourage, The Man Show. We're gonna have all the fun like Bush era knuckleheaded hijinks. There's gonna be no more anxiety cartoons. Everyone's gonna just sort of get uh, get seventies about it. Like if that was like a like a sixty. If that was supposed to be like a sixty eight, you know, National Anus Maribul- uh, Horribilis Anus Horribilis then Biden's going to be like that 70s come down that 70s come down where everybody just turned into hedonists and that means more fun and more fun more more entertaining entertainment stuff that doesn't have to that that does not stuff that is not marbled with politics like cut with politics to make up for the lack of entertainment value like I think that's what that's the best way to think of political content in uh, modern uh, art the stuff that, you know, that the uh, gay, gay people hate. Wokeness in culture, specifically television programs and stuff like that. Uh, as I have said, you know, uh, as capitalism is, is, is totally uh, uh, marketized entertainment as a concept, it has made entertainment materially worse. It's made it's it's, it's, it's by re- removing the artistic element of, of it. It is no, it is not, it is less and less every year art because artistic intent is leavened out with money more and more uh and that means that it's 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 pretty i mean you'll have good stuff but like the trend line like the fucking rate of profit there's a reason for that those things correlate uh is going down and that means like if you think of it as uh like you're a butcher and you have these like it's it's the it's the it's the, it's the um, it's like the golden age of cinema and you've got just this beautiful flank steak and you're making these like porter houses for people they're just like oh my god mm. and there's all this rich deliciousness over the years though your stock, your business gets bad, you can afford worse uh, less and less impressive chunks of meat by the end of it you've got this very disgusting uh, uh, like ground beef, how are you going to fucking serve this to people, it's rancid well, you cut it with stuff. That There are a number of American cuisines that are basically that, like Scrapple and, uh, and Guetta. They're, they're uh, ways to stretch meat to make people uh, get uh, more of it, to, to be able to uh, get more out of less meat, more food out of less meat. And what they cut it with is something that isn't art, but looks like art. And politics is that. Politics is experienced as an art because it's experienced as an aesthetic experience and not as a lived experience, as art is. But it does not have the uh, individual, you know, like, human expression of art. It's it's directed to a very material and cynical end, which means that it cannot speak to, like, a human, a real, real authentic human expression, which is what art is. It's an authentic human expression. And so it cannot be art but it's experienced like art it's like uh, it's like high fructose corn syrup to real cane sugar you know uh, and you throw that in there and you you bulk up the fucking meat and the thing is for all the gamergate people who are trying to be like yeah exactly if you get rid of it if you got if you pulled out the politics it's not like you get a better fucking burger the shitty meat is still there there's few there's less of it there's nothing to cut it. They've got to cut it with something. And because of demographic trends, uh, and because of the way that uh, the consumer economy is directed towards college-educated people, because college-educated people tend to have more money and therefore are the subject of advertising attention, has to reflect the politics of those people who you are directing your uh your advertisement stores which is how you have a fucking uh, entertainment product in the first place in the case of television but like it expresses itself similarly all across you know people with college degrees are more likely to be able to send their kids into the arts etc etc and so that means you get more people actually in the business of that doing having these opinions that's not. There's no. There's no conser- conspiracy. There. There's no cultural Marxists in the in the wings. There isn't a fucking zombie Theodore Adorno cackling in a graveyard, in a Prague. Uh, there is just the market forces churning through this thing called art, squeezing all of the possible fucking profit out of it, and leaving a charred fucking skeleton. So I haven't looked at the chat in a while. Didn't look at the chat at all yesterday. Content versus art exactly. Content is it can have artistic elements to it, but the fact that it's content means that it's art artistic uh, content has been inherently adulterated in a way that not all art is. So all art is to a degree because everything is commercialized. But uh, but that experience of expressing art is commercialized to different degrees. And over time it becomes more commercialized. That means it turns into content. The needle goes. It's like if it's if it's art up until here, then it's content, over time stuff tends and now we're at a point where not everything is, but a lot is and more and more over time will be I didn't say it was a dichotomy I said it was a fucking spectrum spectrum It's not a thing. It is an acclamoration of things with certain tendencies emerging from them. You've got two different things that break into... You've got a a trajectory of things over time that break one way or another. And then you have a periodization where before they were this and after that, there's something else. That's like the way that the means of production uh, uh, change over time. And then the relevant uh, social structures that emerge from them. And vice versa. You can't get me with the false dichotomy thing, ever. That's not going to work. What? That's the beauty of dialectics. Nope. Degrees. Oh boy, Trump is speaking at 6.30? I might have to log off a little early tonight. I think that's okay. I went a hour and 45 minutes last time, so I think it's okay if I go 45 this time. But I think I might have to log on for that. I haven't watched him speak in a while. He hasn't sounded good lately. They have to have him zooted up. I actually kind of suspect that he's going to be downbeat, but that'll be funny too. I will say shout out to Trump, because it looks like he's going to get the result he wanted, which was he gets to stop being president without having... Th- been branded in his own mind anyway as a guy who lost the presidential election, especially to Joe Biden. Because he has convinced himself that it's stolen from him, and more importantly, he has convinced the vast majority of people who voted for him that he is right. And so, that means he can maintain his position as a guy who gets all the attention of being president, and all the imagined positive attention of being president, without having to do all the bullshit that he hated doing. So once again, this guy. The irony of ironies. Donald Trump is the luckiest man on earth in the sense that he has pursued single-mindedly a single desire his entire life and achieved every uh, possible stepping stone that you could conceive of to accomplish with that goal in mind. And he has been miserable the entire time. That is what I have before referred to on this program as the hedonic treadmill, and it's a bitch. Uh, and One of the worst things that can happen to someone is to always get what they want, because at some point you have to reflect inward on the fact that getting what you want doesn't work. But if you are s- focused enough and narcissistic enough, you could just... Pew, you could thread that needle and never have that moment and never not be able to drown that moment out with the blaring television piping the fucking uh, Empire carpet jingle into your head while you're fucking ordering the assassination of an uh, uh, Iranian general I gotta say though him just like going, we, we claim the, like, and that's the other part of this that is hilarious, because you had yes, the, this army of the darkness that was going to emerge from the suburbs and just claim the government And I know people say, well the cops were the real ones I'm sorry, these guys all fucking have pensions. They have to have... They they are as atomized as we are. They are, are reactionary, and they have power to club people, and they get to like carry out higher levels of violence against the population, the guys who have the same opinions and would want to do that. But they have the same fucking selfish desires as everyone else. They have the same non-existent political imaginary as everybody else. They just want to crack heads and fucking complain about fucking uh, minorities in their in their rumpus room. You really think they have visions of some imperium? But the other part of it, the other flip side, is Trump had to actually do the thing. And his idea of doing the thing is exactly what everyone's joke version of it would be. He literally just tweeted it and expected that to do the job. Because that's what his entire presidency has been. Because the actual wheels of power have been grinding behind him. The just inexorable pull towards annihilation. You know, the background hum of, of neoliberal just austerity uh, strip mining the human sim- the, the, the planet and, and our species being. And he's just he doing the whole time. And that has been, because that's what people talk about and all he cares about is what people are talking about because he's watching television the entire time. He gets to uh, solve every problem through tweeting about it. And here is a problem that must be solved. It must be solved through tweeting about it. And that means what? That means that his dumbest acolytes, like fucking Rudy and his and Kushner, decide, we're going to rally the troops. And fucking Lou Dobbs does exactly what those pants sweaters before the election were terrified was going to happen. He goes on national television and tells the President's followers to go to the cities and stop the count. And But what about the actual people who would have to do something, like state legislatures or federal judges or anything like that? Who's doing what? A guy like Mitch McConnell. What are they doing? They have institutional prerogatives, institutional uh, ambitions that transcend the Trump administration. They are part of the deep state. (laughs) That's the funniest part, is that... For most of these fucking MAGA people, and almost all, honestly, of, like, the post-lefties who think, like, oh, Trump, the fucking deep state hates Trump, so that means that he's a real threat to them. It's like, yeah, they don't like him. They would rather have a guy whose motives they can anticipate because they're broadly theirs, which is, of like, a ruling class self-directing. His is a personal ego, completely unbound by adherence to any norm or project beyond his own validation. And that's not ideal. Now, you need him. You need him. You can't win without him. And now, the people who make up a big bulk of the, of, of the voters and the, a lot of the people in power have an ideological connection to him. And they, they root for him. And they take his framing on a lot of issues. But you still would much rather, especially at this point, after you've got what you wanted, four years, federal judiciary completely stacked, 6-3 Supreme Court majority for the next decade, and now, my God, this election. They, they might keep the Senate, and more important than anything, they kept those state legislatures, those ones that they won in the 2012 Freedom Caucus uh, Tea Party wave, the ones that were supposed to go back to the Democrats in the big wave we were going to get for Joe Biden with this huge spike in voter turnout to repudiate the disastrous Trump administration. They kept them, which means bad maps are going to get worse. And it means that the the electoral path for even the neoliberal Democratic Party to wield power, let alone any fraction of left-wing voters within it, will wink away with time. Why would they want to put any of that in jeopardy? For him personally and his network of fucking buffoons and cronies. All of whom are just like... You can't even invite them to your office to talk about doing illegal shit. Because they're going to like steal the fucking uh, paperweight off your desk and hock it for $5. You're going to go and have a spe- secret meeting with them about you know adrenochrome harvesting or something. And they're going to try to tell you, sell you a timeshare. You don't need them. And you've got the fact that you've got this rolling c- crisis that there's nothing in the neoliberal playbook to fix... Why wouldn't you want to let the Democrats do what you did in 20, 20 2008, which was taken on the chin for the failure to reconstruct anything out of the economic collapse? And best of all, there is no direct incentive to you personally, as a member of this class of people, to help him. Because, well, like, the impeachment was a no brainer. No Republican, or at least other, no Republican who didn't live in Utah, was going to vote to impeach Trump because they would have lost their job. And they all like their jobs. No one in the important crevices of, of Republican power over like, the electoral legislative judicial system has that threat. None of them are going to personally be blamed for allowing this to happen. My God, they're fucking blaming Fox News. You're off the hook. All of them, by the way, have essentially accepted that he's going to lose by... I mean, that's the other thing. That's another reason that the Civil War idea was never going to happen. Because neither side was going to be able to keep up the head of steam about an election being lost. Because, you know, when I think about it, as I pick up my AR to go out and, like, maybe eat lead, some fucking kid with a a spiked... uh, Some kid with, like, purple hair, like, putting a machete through my eye. Because, like, you might say, oh, they're not going to do that, but one that kind of shit has happened, and two, they all think that kind of stuff could happen. What for an election? Like I remember when Obama was president. Like I would get mad at him when he was on the TV, but like I still had a TV, and I liked watching it, and I still do. It's just gonna it would just eke it away. Now, if he wins, and Trump could still win, it will be not because they stop the count and a bunch of ballots are just invalidated. It'll be because the actual count requires a recount or there's a a narrow enough discrepancy that they can do actual Bush v. Gore shit again. And if that happens, then that's par for the course. The same way you can't complain that you lost the Electoral College because that was baked in, that level of voter theft, of of election theft, is by definition uh, baked in because it already happened. And you have no excuse then you sure shit sure can't fucking say that that's a coup or that we've ended democracy. And nobody will believe you if you say it. And so you'll say it with less and less force as nobody takes that principle seriously and then you're back into the slog. So really, I think we're going to see this sort of like ease tension, like sort of prolonged Brezhnevite shrug towards whatever that it's not terminal. It's not like I'm saying everything's going to collapse. This could go on for God. Oh God, you have no idea how long. At least four years of just like, uh, 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 with either Trump or Biden in there. What becomes of Q? That's a very good question. I think there is going to be, if he loses, there's going to be some serious disillusionment. But I think the real hardcore, and this is always what happens when prophecy fails, not everybody sticks. Everybody who's committed enough sticks. Like I was talking about, all these things are in degrees. Not every Q person is a rabid Q person. A lot of them, and they will say this when you talk to them, in these interviews everyone gives with them, they'll say, look, it's like astrology, basically. Like, you get up in the morning, and you know, you read your fucking horoscope, Nobody really thinks that shit's true, but it's interesting, and you think about it over the course of the day, and it, like, makes you reflect on yourself, and it provides you with, like, some texture to your social experience. Cube is the same thing. You can read them in the morning, and it's like a fucking horoscope. Like, be on the lookout for the letter L, and uh, the number 88, and then you do, through the course of the day, and it's a little entertainment. And when that happens, like, eventually you're just going to move on to Sudoku, for the real heads, though, it's going to become a religious thing, and like Trump will be a fucking occluded body for them, or something, or like, like the, the holy—he's Gra- going to like go to the—he's like Trump left Washington on a fucking submarine and left behind a clone so that he could find the Holy Grail under Antarctica in a submarine. Like, okay, fine, but I think that it will be stripped of specifics, and like that ambient cue stuff is going to find another pole if Trump loses. But it will tend to t- to go towards like an, a reactionary, like anti, uh, like, like uh, a reactionary, like socially uh, uh, hostile direction. That's for sure. But I think that the specific contours are going to. It's going to depend on what's thrown up by history, just like Q was. I will be interested to see how the Q congresswoman does. Like, is she going to just start calling everybody up for and be like, ask them under oath if they eat children? That would be very funny. My guess is, now that she's in Congress, she's going to settle down. Just like the Tea Party people did. And the funny thing is, is people like to say that that's proof that, like, oh yeah, the, the Tea Party was a failure. It's like, no, it wasn't. It absolutely reoriented the, the Republican Party uh, broadly to the right, which is all it was ever liable to do. That's how these things work. Like, a pressure group exerts uh, like an influence that, like, over time, ra- ratchet effects... A, a, a party in a direction ideologically and creates new, new barriers for, light, for litmus tests for candidates which ideologically then cohere onto the actual people who run for office it's a fucking success Q will do the same thing Like these people will change the ideological con- uh, uh, the ideological content of the mind of the average uh, congressman and that will have it's effect that's certainly true, we'll see I would say yes. Someone says Glenn Beck's chalkboard was proto-Q. Correct. Problem with that was that it was not collaborative. It was watching someone play a video game, which isn't as fun as playing the game yourself. And that was the quantum leap forward. That was like the thing that boosted Q and made it so enduring. Because, oh, this is a game you can play yourself. You don't have to watch some guy do the controllers, which is what is fun. Like, you get to do your own blackboard. Do the home game, the Beck, uh, the Glenn Beck home game, and now he's a fucking loser. <laughs> totally, totally spent force in American politics. The guy, the, I mean, it was bad enough when he, bet, he when he fucked up on Trump. Absolutely, how I mean, how do you not recognize? How do you not recognize your audience enough to know that that was going to be a bad play, unless he figured, and I think correctly, that his shtick. It's not like he could, like, he could not have been pro-Trump because Trump was a direct replacement for him. Like, his figure in politics was, it's like a fucking sun-going supernova. Like, he's this little planet over here during the Obama years. He was consumed, and he would have been consumed. There was nowhere for him to go. But his attempt to go anti-Trump was a hilarious bit of cope to try to, like, pivot away. And it failed, and then he fucking came crawling back. And then that that made him uh, the most pathetic of creatures. Uh, Somebody else keeps asking me about what I think about Custer, which is an odd question. And I'll leave it at that, because I'm going to go and, uh, and watch this Trump uh, talk, because I want to see the live, the live stuff. Like we're, like The entertainment value of Trump is going to wane pretty quickly once he's no longer president, and, and I want to get the last good uh, drops of juice. I mean, Custer was a vainglorious buffoon and, and, and uh, a, just a, a, a parody of a, of a human being, which is what uh, Mark Twain said about uh, Francis Fuston, but it, it, uh, it tracks for him. What I think is interesting about Custer is that in his role uh, at Fighting the Sioux, both with Washita Creek and then finally Little Bleakhorn, he was essentially acting as a fucking uh, mercenary on behalf of railroad interests. Like He was not ordered to do any of that stuff He they, they went out there uh, as part of a, a, a collaboration To, to engage uh, the Sioux in a war That would see them uh, thrown out of that territory It was, it was, it was a po- provocation This is a bad guy all around And he's not a fucking general All right, guys, I'm going to go in. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about this talk. See you on the flip.